I'm so glad you're here today. We've been talking about our temple. Being sure it's filled with Jesus. Making sure we're not deceived into thinking the thoughts of the enemy. Being filled with him. Or thinking that we can share our temple with him. And really how most people are just ignorant of the fact that when we are occupying our minds with the things of this world, with the thoughts of Satan, with the things opposed to the Word of God, we're really letting the enemy occupy our temple. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for teaching us things, for teaching us your way, for, for teaching us the things that we don't know and that we need to know because, as you said, that your people perish for lack of knowledge. You're not here yet because we lack knowledge and you want us to, to have it right. Thank you, praise you, and give you all the glory. And so that is exactly it. Jesus wants us to have it right. He wants us to be aware of what we're doing. He said he's not coming until everyone has heard. And I believe that means heard and understood the choice that they're make, making. Some people just want to serve the enemy. And I don't understand that. But, and, and that's a choice that they will make. But most people are oblivious to the fact that they are allowing the enemy to occupy their temple. Because he comes dressed as an angel of light. He, he roams around like a roaring lion trying to find someone he can devour, someone he can fool, someone he can talk into doing his will. Kind of like in the garden, he said, did God really say? And he says that, and we give in to that. And I, a lot of the reason I believe that people are so... Um, ignorant of the word of God is because the churches, all the churches, not all the churches are teaching the truth. They're teaching the compromise to compromise. They're teaching the lie of the enemy because them themselves are occupied with him. The lust of the flesh, you know, the money thing, power, it has to be about them. You know, the Pharisees did not want Jesus there. And in fact, before this, they were giving him a hard time and saying things about him that weren't true. And those who are jealous of God and his followers um, make things up, twist the truth. And really, I don't think they see it, but... They, they really don't want Jesus to come to their church. They don't want someone filled with the Spirit coming and, and telling them what's on the mind of Jesus, what's on Jesus' mind, because they have this plan, they have this agenda, and they, they have their thing is to make money. Like we're talking about with the Easter, with the Easter eggs and the candy. It's really just to make money to give people to their church to give. And again, I don't think they really realize what they're doing because they're not fellowshipping with Jesus, because they don't want correction. 
Pharisees didn't want to be corrected. And when you reject Jesus, you reject revelation knowledge, you reject truth. And so Jesus wants you to know that you have to want the truth. You, you have to want to change. To, you have to want to fit into his kingdom. And you want to know, right? You want to know if you're doing something opposed to his will. You don't want to find out that day that you haven't been doing as well. You want to find out now. Jesus wants you to know now that it's not his will that any should perish. He doesn't want you to be oblivious to what is happening. He said, just like in the day of Noah, it's going to be the same thing. People are doing their own thing, getting married, this, that, and the other thing, and then all of a sudden, Jesus is going to be here. And for them, for those who don't want to hear, it'll be as a thief in the night, and you're going to wish he didn't come. Because you weren't ready. You're going to see the truth right then and there, I believe, when you stand before him. And so we, we were talking about what Jesus said here. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, it roams around through dry, arid places in search of rest, but it doesn't find any. And so when the enemy, when he is occupying your temple, and you get born again, you know the truth. He has to leave. But, and sometimes, um, well, for all kinds of reasons, people get distracted. But it, the root of it is the enemy, Jesus said, as soon as you hear the word. You have to, you have to occupy your mind. You, ha you have to think about, talk about, read the word. Take that change that you've been giving. Move into the kingdom and know what Jesus is saying. Follow him. Or when he comes back, then it says, I'll go back to my house from which I came, and when it arrives, finds a place unoccupied, swept in order, and decorated. I'm going to go back. It's swept, it's decorated, but it's, and it's unoccupied. You're not filled with the things of the Lord. You're not living that new life. You're not being recreated in his likeness. And so you're allowing the enemy to come back. And then when he does that, he likes to take over as make you think he's God. This is okay. And really what he's saying okay is really making you just religious like the Pharisees. And then when the truth comes, you reject it because you don't like it. Because he gets you to the place where you're prideful and it's about you and you don't want to know the truth. And and you're right, and you've been doing this for 30 years, all kinds of things. Then it goes and brings back with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go and make their home there, and the last condition of that man becomes worse than the first. So also shall it be with this wicked generation. And he was talking to the Pharisees. They thought they know it, knew it all. They didn't want to know the truth. And going your own way 
is going to make things worse and worse. Following after the enemy is going to lead to eternal damnation, destruction. And so Jesus is warning us. And then, so that's what we've been talking about. And, and then verse 46, and actually that was Matthew 12, 43 through 45. And then verse 46, Jesus was still speaking to the people when, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak to him. Now, Jesus had just said what we read, just said what he said. And now his mother's, somebody's saying, interrupting him, your mother and your brothers are here. And, he, and someone said to him, listen, your mother and your brothers are standing outside speaking to you. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward only the 12, not only the 12 disciples, but all those around, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. So whoever does his will is his mother, sister, and brother. Whoever fills their temple with the will of God. He was still talking about that. Even though he was interrupted, he, he used the situation at hand to say, yeah, these are my mother, sisters, and brothers. They're doing my will. And they were following Jesus and learning and putting their will aside for his. They're preparing to live in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, we're not preparing to do that. We're stuck in this place. Some people call it one foot in the world and and." one foot with God. And there can be no compromise. You have to decide to do his will, right? Because he said, not everyone who calls me Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. And many are going to be saying, but Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. He's going to say, I didn't know you, you who practice lawlessness. You're not my mother, sister, and brother you weren't doing the will of the Father. You were fulfilling the lust of your flesh. Your church was about you. It was about you. You wanted to do this thing for you, not for me. You weren't teaching the truth. You're buying and selling in the temple. You're trying to make money to make your church what? What, do you, what did you want to tur turn your church into? The biggest, the prettiest, um, the most popular, yeah. So you're buying and selling in the temple, even though you know what the word says. Jesus came and turned the tables. He said, this is a house of prayer. This is where people should come to be saved. Not to do an Easter egg hunt. They should come and hear the gospel. We should be so full of him that they come and they get those demons cast out of them. They get healed. God's power should be there to do as well. But it's not. 
in most cases, it's not there because the people are doing their own will. God corrected me a long time ago. He said, you are self-willed. What can he do with a self-willed person? I quickly changed. And I suggest you too, if you're doing your well and not his, just thinking it's all about you, actually examine what you're thinking. Is he going to say, you're my mother, sister, and brother? He's going to stretch out his arm and say, it's you guys? You're following me? How many times should I forgive, Lord? Seven times, 77 times. Oh, okay. All right, so I got to forgive him again, and I got to make this my lifestyle. But are you the person that's saying, well, it depends? And are you the pastor and someone comes to you and, and tells you the issue they're having, and do you tell them it's okay not to forgive? Or you, do you display unforgiveness? as you pastor the church? Are you one way in front of the people? Are you saying something but doing another thing? Is, is your church a house of gossip? What's happening during the week? What are the plans? Are you just going through the motions? I mean, seriously. That's what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. You're just going through the motions. And, and you're sitting there criticizing me when you should be doing, you should have been doing this before I came. You're calling yourself religious leaders. But it's just a game. It, it, it's just for show. And Jesus is getting really serious here at the time it, it's he, he's just about coming and he wants you to know the truth and so even though this might seem like um seem a little harsh jesus said he corrects those he loves jesus asked me to come here and tell you i'm only doing what he told me to do i'm doing it as well i'm not going to have him say to me on that day, I didn't know you. You were afraid to tell the people what I said. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you what he told me to tell you. And he is jealous of the gods that we have before him. If it's more important to get some money to remodel the church than to have his power in your church then you have a God before God. And besides, if you were doing his will, you wouldn't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear, where you're going to get the money for the carpet. If you, if you are lacking money, then you are lacking his will in your life. And I'm not just talking to you uh, about what I don't know or what I haven't experienced. I had to learn to put my will aside to do his I had to learn the seriousness of doing my own will versus his. And he warned me and he corrected me. And I'm going to follow him. I am not going to be fooled by the voice of the enemy. And you know from experience, I want to tell you, your flesh likes what the enemy says to you. 
yeah, this is what I wanted to do. Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. And he pets you. Yeah, you can do that. No worries. You can eat off the tree. Did God really mean it? Did he really mean it that he was jealous that you had a God before God and he wasn't first? Did he mean it when he said, sell all your stuff, give it to the poor and follow me? No, that's not what he meant. It was just for that one man. But the disciples said, we left everything to follow you. Who then can be saved? Because it seemed like for the search man, it was such a huge sacrifice because he was rich. And Jesus said, it'd be easier for a camel to go through Ivan Needleden for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven because his stuff is his God. Stuff is his God. Your stuff, whatever it is, whether what, whatever it is that comes against his will is God before God because you're saying, no, I want to do this. Nope. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I think. And then he's not even going to correct you. Every once in a while, you're just going to know, but you won't do anything about it because of who's occupying your temple. Jesus isn't going to live in your temple with the enemy. He's not going to share. In fact, he said, if you obey me, then the Father and I will make our home within you. Obeying him is doing his will. And so, who is my mother, sister, brother? Did you know your family may not be your family when you leave here if you follow Jesus. When you know that, you want to tell your family. You want to be that example for them. So much of the time, we, we have all this stuff to say, but we're not even doing it. We're just like the Pharisees. We're hypocrites. We're saying one thing and doing another, and that's what the Pharisees were doing. And then your family isn't going to know Jesus they're going to be a hypocrite like you are, the blind leading the blind. Jesus is saying, get it together. There's not much time left. He's calling us out. You want him to call you out. You don't want to find out on that day that you weren't doing his will. And you're not even going to know you're not doing his will unless you want to hear the truth, unless you're willing to be corrected. If you're going to be like the Pharisees and not listen and insist on your own way, then he's not going to bother you. It's, it's your choice. He's going around now doing good, healing all who are harassed and oppressed by the enemy. You're being oppressed and harassed by the enemy, and you're teaching your children that. And as Jesus said, you're responsible for them. If you cause one of these little ones to sin, you might as well tie a millstone around your neck and jump in. Do you remember what he said about Judah, Ju Judas? He said it'd be better if he hadn't been born. And pretty much what we read the other day, he's saying the same thing in 2 Peter 20. You turn back to your, your son. You'd, you'd been better off. And here it says your, your last condition will be worse. 
than the first. And that's how it will be with this wicked generation. He's telling us what's happening right before our eyes. And you look around and people do not want to hear the truth. They don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it. Just leave me alone. I'm doing this. Don't tell me I got to do a work to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is a work. It's a press. The kingdom of God is taken by force. You got to do something. And you have to undo some things. Don't teach your children to worship another god. You will be responsible. That's what he said. And so I don't know where we're going tomorrow, but um, he wanted you to know what he's thinking so that you can get it right. I just want to read this together again. Jesus is still speaking to the people, and behold, his mother, brothers, stood outside seeking to speak to him. And someone said, listen, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. And just as an example, he replied, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Obviously, he wasn't talking about them because they supported him. They followed him. But he was saying it for our sake. Stretching out his hand. Not only to the 12 disciples, but to all those who were following him. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother, sister, and brother. Not everyone who says to me on that day, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my father. Well, it's been a strong word. I think he's made it really clear. If you're going to follow after another god, as in the Easter Bunny, if you're going to celebrate the Easter Bunny on the day that he was resurrected from the dead, if your whole weekend is about fun, but it's not about truth, you're not teaching your children to resist the enemy, to grow up and do the work, to, to lay hands on sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to do the work of Jesus but you're teaching them about an Easter bunny, then your children are going to grow up following the enemy. And you're going to wonder why. How did they wander off so far? Why is, why is my child cutting myself? Why does my child want to kill himself? Why is he so angry? What happened? What did I do wrong? Well, Jesus just told you. Don't entertain the enemy. Don't allow him in your house. Teach your children the truth. So if you never asked Jesus, come live on the inside of you. If you never did, and you want to live in truth, we can ask him right now, come and live on the inside of me, Jesus. Take over my temple. I want it to be about you. Teach me your way. I want to live with you forever. I don't want to live with the enemy, Jesus. I want to be about your business. I want to do your will. Teach me. And he'll come. If you heed his voice, he's going to be right there. If you don't, you're going to, if you heed his voice, 
if you intend to and you start and then you stop, he's going to move right back out because you've invited the enemy in. So go ahead and ask him and then get on your knees every day. Get on your knees every day. Worship him. Talk to him. Look at the word. Know the truth. Know the truth. Resist the enemy, and he will flee. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for telling us the truth, for telling us where we're at, and how we've allowed the enemy to come and overtake us. We, we repent, Lord. We repent. We want to change our way. Come and live on the inside of us. Be our God. We commit to follow you. Okay, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Submit to him now. Every day, get on your knees. Ask him if you've allowed the enemy in at any place and then resist him and he'll leave submit to God 